What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. Today we're talking about sleepers. I'm through 118 drafts so far this summer. So let's take a look at my exposures, talking about the wide receivers I have drafted the most of in the later rounds. These are actually players I've been drafting in paid leagues this summer, not just a list of names you guys should be drafting. Also, everyone I mentioned today's video has an ADP outside the top 175 picks. Kind of an arbitrary cutoff for what I'm calling uh, a late round pick, but yeah, 175 um, if you average all the major platforms and underdog. So, first up, my most rostered late round wide receiver is Marvin Mims, uh, which you probably should have all expected to hear. Uh, he's unfortunately open camp with a minor injury, and so I figured it would be a really good time to talk about him again. I mentioned him a lot earlier in the summer. I still really like him, but again, uh, suffers a hamstring injury right before camps open up and is expected to miss the first week of camp. You guys are going to watch this on Sunday. The expectation is he's back in all about midweek, maybe later in the week, but we'll see, right? They're not going to rush him back. Uh, that's definitely far from ideal, uh, especially for rookies, since rookies really need time to develop, earn that strong role early in the season. If they're missing time in camp, well, it's difficult for the coaching staff to look at them and be like, this is a player I trust in week one to have a large role. If they're there the entire camp, there's a better chance of that happening. So I definitely do expect his ADP to drop. Um, I'm not super concerned though, um, since one, the expectation for him coming back is really that it's going to be this week. Like if it pushes into being like, oh, he's not back this week, he's not back next week, the week after that, well, then we'll be more concerned because the injury is more major. But if he's only going to miss a week, it's pretty likely that it wasn't that bad of an injury, not something that's going to impact him long term. Second, he's a late round pick, right? The ADP of everyone we're going over today is 175 or later averaging all the platforms. And so you're not expecting someone you draft that late to contribute to your fantasy team in week one. So it's okay if he maybe misses uh, this week, maybe that causes him to have a slower start to the season, especially if having that happen causes his ADP to maybe go down by a round. If you're just getting him even later than you would have, well, that accounts for the fact that maybe he doesn't have as fast of a start to the season as you're hoping. So I'm definitely still drafting Marvin Mims, uh, and he is going to finish the offseason as my most rostered player. Uh, he's just such an incredible deep threat, and that's a role that they've really been trying to fill and honestly just haven't been able to do recently. Mims was also the first player Sean Payton drafted as head coach, and you can really tell when he talks about Marvin Mims that he really likes him. He really thinks he's going to be a player the team's going to be able to utilize early in his career. Uh, you can just tell how highly he thinks of Mims when he talks about him. I just think for as late as he goes in drafts, you know, which is pass pick 160 on underdog, basically undrafted on the major platforms, you're getting an elite player, what I think is an elite player, uh, on what should be an ascending offense with a quarterback that I still think has an elite ceiling. The offense was dreadful last season. He was, um, talking about Wilson here, dreadful last season. But I don't think those are two constants. I think those can change. And I think Wilson is still a really good quarterback. And I think the offense is going to be a lot better this season. And especially on underdog. He's a player that comes with massive weekly upside, which is perfect for that format. So I'm going to keep drafting him. I hope his ADP does come down because of the injury. Because again, you're getting him so late. You don't really care about weeks one, two, three. And if he's only going to miss about a week of camp, yeah, sure, give him to me at an ADP discount.
second most rostered player uh, in the late rounds is even more free, and that is Jalen Hyatt. Uh, he's going at pick 200 on underdog, does not get drafted in any redraft leagues. And if you told me to start the offseason uh, that he was my second highest rostered late round wide receiver, I would tell you you're insane because I don't even think that Hyatt is some like elite talent the way that I, I do think Marvin Mims is. But he was going around pick like 150. He'd kind of squeak into the 140s earlier this summer. Uh, ADB has gone way, way, way down. Now you can get him in the 18th round and pretty much any draft. He does go undrafted many times, which in my opinion really is amazing value. Like the Giants do have a ton of wide receivers on the roster. And so he's for sure going to have to earn his spot on the team. But like with Mims, Hyatt is an elite deep threat. And so I expect them to get him touches deep downfield on screen passes, on end rounds, just on plays that are designed to be explosive plays and not just a million five-yard targets. And I really just like want you to think about the role of each of the wide receivers on the Giants. Because again, they have a billion wide receiver twos. But if you think about you know where each one is best utilized, it really is only Slayton and Hyatt that can stretch the field. And you're going to need someone to stretch the field, right? You can't just have, you know, a bunch of dudes running five, six yards downfield. You need someone every play to be testing the safeties, to be working downfield. And again, it's really only Slayton and Hyatt that can do that. Slayton is kind of a tough player to figure out because they were really down on him last year. Like they were planning on cutting him. He had to take a pay cut. Like they did not like him. They didn't want to use him until they had like mass injuries to the position. Then he played like pretty well. And then they surprisingly did give him a small contract this offseason. You know, it's not like they made him, you know, one of the higher paid wide receivers, but they gave him a two-year deal. And it indicated that, like, yeah, they wanted to keep him on the team. Maybe they did that because they weren't sure what they had as a deep threat. And they're like, well, we can't have zero deep threats, right? We can't have no one that can run downfield. And so maybe that's why they gave him the contract. Personally, I think Slayton is like a fine player. Uh, but it's really just a rotational piece. Uh, he's not a true game changer. He's not someone who's going to command consistent targets. He's not someone that defense is really game planning for. They're not like, oh, you know, Darius Slayton is playing this week. We got to make sure we don't give up the deep ball. Like I think it's in the back of their minds that he's decent downfield, but he's not someone defenses are really scared of. Um, but I think Hyatt at least has the potential to do that. Is he going to do that right when he steps on the field in week one, commanding like a 15% target share being used consistently deep downfield? No, that's not going to happen. But again, going past pick 200, no one is, right? No one has that sort of role. I think there's at least a chance that Hype develops enough to be consistently used in that area. And if he does beat out uh, Slayton for that job, it's going to lead to a lot of snaps. And if they are giving him end arounds as well, they're kind of featuring him in some gadget plays along with using him consistently downfield. That's going to lead to a very high weekly ceiling. Again, something we really want on underdog. So my second highest roster wide receiver. Again, I didn't think that would happen because I don't actually think he's an amazing talent. But I think people start to realize that at pick 150 because 150, there's still some really good players on the board. And his ADP dropped, and now it's dropped to the point where it's too much. If you're getting him in round 18, that's free. Why not take a shot on a very high uh, explosive player, high upside player? 
My third highest rostered later on wide receiver is actually Donovan Peoples-Jones. And I was surprised to see that one too, but then you think more about it. And like, why is he going so late in drafts? He's another one that goes uh, a little past pick 160 on underdog is free on all the major platforms. And you can get with your last pick in most redraft leagues. And I know some of you hear that and be like, wait a minute, I thought we were all in Elijah Moore. I mean, I am. And Elijah Moore, I've actually drafted more of. Obviously, Elijah Moore is not a late round pick. He goes in the middle rounds. Um, but I still love him. It's really just the offense. I think people underrating how good uh, DPJ is. The offense has a lot of upside. And I know they have Chubb, Cooper, Moore, and Joku. And it doesn't feel like they have enough room for DPJ. I mean, DPJ was really good for stretches last season. He's reportedly having a phenomenal, phenomenal camp. Like he had 61 receptions. 839 yards, three touchdowns last year. He had eight games of at least 60 receiving yards. And that's in a year where Cleveland wasn't that great. Like Cleveland had upside last year. They did not perform up to expectations, especially when Deshaun Watson returned. They ranked 17th in scoring, 21st in pass attempts per game, 22nd in passing yards per game. But I think the addition of Elijah Moore, plus having Watson in year two with the team, should really get them going. And I think they're going to end up being a top 10 offense this season. And when you think about that, you think, okay, so if DPJ was 42nd in half PPR last season, and I think the offense is going to get a lot better this year, especially in the passing game, then I think getting DPJ as the wide receiver 70 is really, really good value, even with the addition of Elijah Moore. Also, you look at the three touchdowns, and you're like, oh, he's not really a red zone threat. That's not really the case. I mean, he only had three fewer red zone targets than Amari Cooper last season. He had the same amount as Amari Cooper, as David Joku inside the 10-yard line. So he's still used in the red zone. He's used downfield. He has a very strong role and a role that you love in fantasy. Again, we don't love these super short targets, kind of like the player we're going to talk about in a second does get a lot of, and that's why that's one of my concerns with who we're going to go over at number four. But when you think about the role for DPJ, if he's getting work downfield, those are high upside. If he's getting work in the red zone, those are high upside. He has a very, very good role in the team. And if they're going to be better as well, potentially play faster, throw the ball more, be more efficient in the passing game, then again, I just don't think adding in Elijah Moore should drop him from where he was 42nd last year, all the way down to 70. The player I was alluding to before, my fourth highest rostered late round wide receiver, is Romeo Dobbs. And that is one of my concerns with Dobbs, is that he's not like DPJ. He doesn't get a ton of looks deep downfield. He's not a featured weapon in the red zone. And so I have gone back and forth on how much I like Dobbs over the summer. Um, clearly, I, I still like him a lot. He's my fourth highest rostered late round wide receiver. But I do pass on him a little bit more than the three I mentioned above, just because of quarterback play and that low ADOC. You've got Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Daniel Jones. They're not top five quarterbacks or anything. And those are the quarterbacks of the players we talked about in those top three. But Jordan Love is just so much more unproven than those other three. And we just have like zero evidence that he's going to be elite. Like, I just don't think that's going to happen. And there's also no evidence that like maybe he's just like bad, right? There's no evidence that he's even an average quarterback we have really nothing on him and so he could just be really bad and that is a risk now I'm not saying he's going to be bad just that we don't really know exactly what that floor and ceiling is and when you combine that with the very low a dot for Romeo Dobbs it's concerning but I do think that Dobbs can overcome this risk I mean he had an unreal 
camp last summer. Like the hype was crazy about Romeo Dobbs. Um, you had like Jordy Nelson, I remember, showed up to camp and he's like, yeah, I need to see who this kid is because all I'm hearing is these amazing things. Um, so crushes camp. Has a pretty decent rookie year. Opened up really, really solid. Was getting you know major snap share. Uh, suffers the high ankle sprain. Played like a few snaps, maybe even one snap in that game that he suffered the high ankle sprain. Uh, then he misses four weeks after that. So effectively five full weeks missed. Uh, comes back. Never really the same. Never really getting uh, a full snap share. So that injury really just took him out. Uh, which kind of stinks because we know that rookies really develop in the second half of the season. It's not super common. I mean, it happens to the studs, right? But it's not super common that a rookie breaks out in weeks like one through five, right? But it's really that second half of the year is when they truly have breakout seasons. Dobbs didn't get that. He was really good to start the year, but then he gets injured, never really the same. And so he didn't have that second half of the season the way that like Christian Watson did. He almost had the reverse. Watson was hurt to begin and then healthy to close the season. And so uh, we don't know what he could have done later in the year, but let's be honest. I mean, he's the locked in wide receiver two right now. He goes really late for a team's wide receiver two. I mean, at, at the point where Dobbs comes off the board, most teams already have their second wide receiver um, gone in fantasy drafts. Uh, many of them have their top three wide receivers all gone. And so it's a pretty low risk way to gain exposure to someone that is very likely going to be on the field every single play. And who knows, you know, maybe Jordan Love does end up being a slightly above average NFL quarterback. Like, I think that is still in his range of outcomes. I think that's possible. And if that happens and Dobbs just develops, right? He has that full off season. He develops as a player and he was gonna be really good last year before getting injured. It's possible those two things happen and he just like shatters his ADP. And then you kind of think about the low end because that's really what I've been thinking about when I'm passing on drafting him is what is the worst case scenario here? I mean, maybe Love ends up being pretty mediocre. Um, maybe Dobbs isn't as good as we think. But even in those scenarios, for as late as he's going, the worst case really does seem to be that he, like, just barely underperforms this ADP. Like, it's pretty unlikely he's going to drop to, like, fourth in the target share. Like, he's probably going to be their second most targeted wide receiver. There were some reports earlier this offseason he could be their number one most targeted wide receiver. You'd still prefer Christian Watson because he gets the ball deeper downfield. But if, if that's even a possibility for Dobbs, that he's their most targeted player, and he's going this late in drafts, that upside just makes him a phenomenal pick. My fifth most rostered late round wide receiver uh, was a surprise when I saw it, and it's Puka Nakua. Um, I didn't really have my eye on him in the pre-draft process this year. Um, then he goes in like the late fifth round, and so I didn't really think to change my take because I didn't really love him, and then he goes relatively late, and it's like, okay, yeah, maybe I'm right. But he got glowing reviews all throughout OTAs, um, and that's from a combination of, like, the coaching staff, other wide receivers. Cooper Cup was really talking him up. And then you're like, okay, well, let's think about opportunity. It's there. Like, if you look at the Rams depth chart, obviously Cooper Cup's one. I think Van Jefferson's pretty locked into the number two role. But you look at number three on a team that's going to run plenty of three wide receiver sets, and you're looking at Ben Skaronic, Tutu Atwell, and Puka. And those are like the three. They're going to compete for that wide receiver three role. And let's be honest. Like we kind of know that Ben, Tutu, they're not long-term options for the team. Tutu is going to be a bust. Ben Skoranek is fine as a player you throw in there sometimes with an injury. But they know that these two players are not their long-term option. And so I would not be surprised if even if it's close, which 
I, I think Puka at this point might be better than both of them. But even if it's remotely close in talent at the current moment, I think the team's going to look at it and be like, we see way more upside with Puka. He's playing really well. Why not get him on the field, see if he can do well? Because we know these other two are not really going to contribute long term. And then we think about the offense and we're like, well, if Stafford stays healthy, they're going to throw the ball a ton cup will obviously be the number one focus of every single team. And so teams are not going to be focusing on Puka. They're going to have Van stretching the field deep downfield. They're going to be trying to like quadruple team um, Cooper Cup whenever he runs a route, which is every single play. And so Puka is going to be open a lot. And if he does develop into a good player, there is plenty of upside. And he also has a really good quarterback if he can stay healthy. I know that's a risk, but like he's free. I mean, in most drafts, he doesn't even get drafted on underdog in round 18. That's crazy. He's a phenomenal 18th round pick. He goes outside the top 250 picks on every platform, but sleeper and on sleeper, he goes 242nd. So he's a dart throw. I understand that. But many of you play in deeper formats. Many of you play on underdog as a late round pick, someone that absolutely has a chance to play like 70% of snaps later in the season on what should be a pretty decent offense with good quarterback play. Like there's just a lot of things going for him to where that ADP is kind of crazy. Also, uh, there was the one report that he did get carted off uh, like, I don't know, a few days ago or something like that. It seemed like it was just cramps. They weren't concerned at all obviously pay attention to that but it seems like he's going to be totally fine again seems like he's going to have a good role in the offense this season so i love drafting him late so those are my most roster players through 118 drafts so far this summer uh been an absolute blast drafting all summer long uh, and we haven't even entered august yet i mean august is draft month right we are just about to enter the biggest month for drafting my plan is to do another 150 drafts in August. And so if you want to join me in that, you want to have some fun, fire off some teams, uh, definitely take advantage of the underdog promo we have going on right now. It's honestly such an incredible deal. Like for those of you who want access to the rankings, you get that. All you have to do is sign up for your first underdog account today using promo code FFA and make a minimum $10 deposit. That's it. You're going to get all of my rankings, including the redraft rankings, not just the underdog rankings. You'll get all of the redraft rankings completely free get the underdog rankings underdog articles strategy content like all that stuff will come to you free all you gotta do is sign up for that account using promo code ffa that is it so i will be back tomorrow with another mock draft monday i'm gonna record right now tuesday night live 6 30 eastern to do an underdog draft with all of you answer any questions you have so if you have any questions for me at all come to that live stream 6 30 Eastern Tuesday night, I will answer all of the questions you guys come with. And then uh, Wednesday is going to be the running back rankings video. Then, my friends, is in this one. Hope you all enjoyed. If you did, have a hang the like button, have subscribed to the channel if you're new here. Thanks for watching.